The process of healing does not end when the wounds are no longer visible. It ends when the wounds no longer ache. Welcome to Heal, conversations to guide you toward personal growth and overall well-being. Today we have a great guest from the West Coast, again, another West Coaster. Her name is Renee Deneen, and she is here um, because she is the founder of Modern Goddess Retreats. I met her on Facebook. Hi, Renee. Hi. (laughs) And we're so excited to talk to her. I cannot wait to hear about her story of healing um, and how she has taken her story and her past and her experiences and now helps others. Welcome again, Renee. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to share my story and just connect with anyone who it can be helpful for. So thank yeah, you. thank you. We are too. And guess who else is here with me, everybody? Hey, <laughs> I always say I get so lonely when Britt's not here, but I guess she's, she's kind of been here for the last couple of months. I've made a pretty good show of things the past few weeks, I think. <laughs> She's a busy girl. She's working hard. So again, (laughs) Renee, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Heal. Um, We do like to talk about stories of our past. We do like to reflect on how it made us heal and grow. Um, And and we oftentimes have people on who are now giving back to help people um, after they've gone through their own stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we'd love to hear your story, uh, whatever you feel like sharing right from the beginning. (laughs) Okay. Um, so where do I want to start? Well, I was raised by an extremely strong and independent uh, mother who heavily shaped my life, not necessarily because she was very active in it. She also was an extreme workaholic and had a huge identity outside of the home. Mm-hmm. Um, which is great, you know, and, and there were moments when it wasn't, but for the most part, um, you know, I wouldn't say I was abandoned, but I, um, was, you know, one of those eighties latchkey kids. And so, um, I, you know, I would say grew up valuing independence and valuing, um, being a powerful woman. And, um, and also I would say, and I'll thank her in this moment, you know, really finding out deeply who I was and what my bigger purpose was in the world at large and how I could live that purpose. Um, I had no idea where that would take me around this work that we're going to talk about today, but it's, it's definitely been the most worthy part of my journey and the hardest part as well. Yeah. So, um, so that's a little backdrop. So what was, um, so living in the eighties, last key kid in the eighties, I can relate a little bit. I, um, we're probably similar in age, but, um, I remember growing up and um, sort of being on my own as well, working since I uh, was 15 um, and kind of taking care of myself 
as much as I could at that age and thinking this is great. But in retrospect, Mm -hmm. years later, knowing like, oh, no, that was not great at all. I was not capable of taking care of myself. You know, like, I don't know if that's if you felt that way or. Yeah. And, you know, now as a mother and I have a 14 year old daughter and a 16 year old son, I. I often wonder if needs of children were indeed different back then or not. So I just want to hold the possibility that maybe they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You um, know, it's funny. Cause I feel like, um, I think I did. Okay. <laughs> right. And my you mom know? will say, well, you turned out great. So I couldn't have done, you know, too much damage. And I think, well, yeah, lots of therapy and lots of women's <laughs> circles and lots of deep, deep work to figure out where I was okay. And where I wasn't. Right. I came um, to the conclusion that maybe at the time it felt great that I was given all of this quote freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, but in actuality, it almost felt as if there was some neglect and there weren't any boundaries or limitations or, and that's not, doesn't feel safe for a kid. You know, right. kids actually that's crave right. that. What is my boundary? What is my limit? What, where, how much can I push? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you don't have that, <laughs> you might go a little crazy. I'm not saying I did just, you know, I was a good girl. I probably did. I, I was youngest of four. And so this is part of my story. I had three older brothers. And so, um, mentioned sort of being abandoned a bit, um, neglected. Yes. I think there were moments of that, but it was what I realized. and, And maybe I'll just go back a little bit I knew that my relationship with my mother was wounded, that I knew that I was angry. When did you figure that out? Like, when did you say I'm angry? And I mean, as soon as I started adulting, (laughs) you know, it became clear to me that I didn't get what I needed, you know, and I'll just say that. And I think that's where I like, I don't think she intentionally neglected meeting my needs. I think that there was part of it. She was wrapped up in her own need for XYZ. Um, and part of it was, I, I was strong enough, maybe, you know, where it's like, well, she'll be fine. She seems Mm -hmm. to be fine. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also don't think she thought she left me alone. I think she thought she left me with my brothers, which ended up being the problem. So, (laughs) um, you know, I, I probably in my twenties, I just, there wasn't, here's what I, there wasn't any tenderness. I, I am a super compassionate, loving, affectionate friend. And, um, and, and woman in general. And I couldn't be with her. There was just this real withholding of love. And do you think you became that person because of, in spite of that, do you think you became that person because you wanted to go the other way? Were you like aware that that I was aware that that decision relationship in my life that Mm -hmm. I had this dynamic with Mm -hmm. and, um, and I, and I thought it was just because she just frankly wasn't around because she wasn't. She just mm-hmm. wasn't. She worked like seven to seven. And even when she was around, she wasn't really fully present. And so mm-hmm. I think there was a lack of presence in my life of, of her. There was a lack of femininity. She's super kind of very strong, more masculine qualities. Um, she and my father split when I was like six months old. Um, wow. And so I didn't have that relationship, you know, that sort of marriage to look at or learn from. Um, my stepfather was, um, a decent enough person, but, you know, fairly verbally abusive and emotionally just kind of rough. 
Um, and he had two boys and then I had an older brother. So they had each other. And then there was, there was myself. And so, mm-hmm. and, and they were crazy. Um, they, you know, I remember growing up and my friends couldn't come over and I didn't know why. Well, now, of course I have a 15 year old daughter. I know why, mm-hmm. um, you don't send a young, young girl into a house full of boys. You just don't do that with no parents home. Right. <laughs> I don't blame them. Right. So there were certain things I knew, but I didn't really know yeah. enough to take it into my life and use it to shape or form me intentionally. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I, I knew I was triggered. I knew I was withholding. I knew I was reacting in ways that were not who I really felt I was or wanted to be. And even with her, I wanted to love her, mm-hmm. but I couldn't. And so um, we had this fairly tumultuous, you know, high and low relationship. And we moved overseas for five years and she came out four times and stayed like six weeks. And I remember two of those visits were great. And two, I was like, thank God I live this far away because Mm -hmm. I just, it's like, I thought I was strong, but I could feel it's like cuts all the time. Like, and I didn't know why I was hurting so much around her. I don't, you know, I, I felt like something else is there that I haven't uncovered yet. I haven't unpacked what, what I'm really um, regretful about or sad about, or what really wounded me. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I moved back from Europe and she moved in with us because my husband was still finishing up a work project out there and I needed help with the kids and I was still working and traveling. And so she moved in and that was one of the worst decisions. Um, I think either of us ever made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long ago was that? Six Roughly, yeah, roughly. Yeah. Okay. Just get ago. an idea as to where we are mm-hmm. in the timeline. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I was in a relationship, but I wasn't, she wasn't getting the best of me. And I, I would honestly say I knew it was like, I knew of her. I knew what she did, but I didn't really know my mother. Yeah. My mother Isn't that also, interesting? My mother also does deep personal work. I do executive development and coaching and team development, and she does coaching as well. I know, but she, um, I never really got to understand why she did that or who she was in that, or I don't know. I just, I didn't feel like I really knew her. And I also didn't feel like she really knew me. Mm -hmm. I also think she knew of me. Oh, my daughter went to school and studied this. She worked here. She's successful here. Her and her husband, you know, it was that kind of like you would talk about a neighbor. Yeah. Um, Well, it's interesting because as you were saying about her life and she was like always busy working and she was bigger than life in her career mm -hmm. or outside of the house. You know, and if she just sees that you're doing okay in your situation, she's probably feeling like she doesn't need to be involved. She doesn't need to, um, you know, I don't know. You just reminded me, we, we yeah. did get a therapist. I think I was a junior or senior in high school. And I remember just getting in this really big yelling fight and mm-hmm. I said something to the you know, effective, I don't love, I don't love you or I hate you or something horrible. Right. Yeah. And I just was sobbing. Cause I just couldn't believe that came out of my mouth because, and, and maybe we'll get into this later, but it's kind of taboo to ta- talk about your mom. Is this it? is not like a mom hate club though. No one has that. No one starts that. You know what I mean? Well, that's interesting because I feel like a lot of people do have a lot of um, wounds with the relationship, but they're okay. So maybe I'm just talking about myself. Huh? <laughs> but I feel like, well, I think, I think, right, Brit, I mean, you can speak, obviously speak yeah. honestly, Brittany, even though I'm sitting here. No, <laughs> no, I was just going to say that society in general is kind of, you know, like, 
I think mommy issues are a thing that's only recently begun to be talked about where daddy issues have always been a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I I feel like people are stigmatized for having daddy issues, but like, I know so many people with mommy issues and it's just as bad, if not worse. Yeah, well, I feel like the mom is the person in the family who's supposed to nurture, protect and care for you. Um, And if you don't happen to get that from that key person then it obviously it affects you yeah yeah and it's interesting as you come into adulting and I'm like well I know better I've done my work and I and you know and at the time so after that incident we did see a therapist and she looked at my mom and said um you don't get to mother her anymore you you missed out sorry that's gonna happen forever Brit (laughs) Oh, I know. But you know, the therapist, I say that I look at Brit, like, yes, you will always have a mother. And I hope to God I can parent my daughter well beyond 15. But what what she was saying is, you don't get to go back. Like, yeah, from here. And what seems to me is she's struggling and wants to know you and wants you to know her. She, she wants to develop a friendship with you. Yeah. And are you capable of that? And that really stuck with me that one day that that could be, but yes, I still need my mommy. When I'm sick, I want her, you know, her meal is the one that I want if I'm ever, you know, really hungry or need nurturing. So it's not that she was never nurturing. I just think, you know, when you're that absent and you're checked out and you're stressed and you're lack mm-hmm. an ability to stay and be present with people right in front of you, you know, it makes it hard to mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. And I know I have messed up in that space too. So I had, I had, well, I had to work three jobs when Britt was born. So I was hardly home. And thankfully I had sisters to be able to pick up the slack Mm. for me because there was no one else there to do that. And, and believe me, when I got home from one of my many jobs, I was not you know, (laughs) present. I was just like, like, baby, let me read to you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it can be easy. Yeah, you did yeah. a really good job though, mom. Oh, that's so nice. Don't make me cry. <laughs> oh, sweet mom and daughter. I love it. Uh, I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, as I get into how my work has unfolded in the space, like it to me, it's it is one of the most, if not the most important relationships on this planet. Mm-hmm. And one right now more than ever, that we need the feminine to heal. Period. Yeah, I have to say and, I, I didn't have the best role model. So look at now I'm crying. But mm-hmm. I feel like just I don't know, like going the complete opposite end and being like, at least verbally affectionate mm-hmm. and know, like making sure Brit knows that no matter what happens, you know, I have love for her unconditionally, period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I never had to have a question mark there. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, That's and so lucky. my mom worked too and with single, but not, but independent. And I think what you, you know, there's a part of it's like, I had to do that. Yeah. So yeah. I don't have any tissues. I just have a paper towel. Oh, I'm sending <laughs> this is gonna hurt. virtual hugs. I know. Oh, girl, I'm oh, telling sorry. you this whole modern goddess community has, it keeps me in recovery. It keeps me in relationship with my mother today, but I'm going to get yeah. too far ahead. Yeah. So, no, it's a beautiful piece of work and it it's there to teach us fundamentals about ourselves and others women in community it's there to teach us about how to serve how to be of service but yet still take care of yourself mm-hmm. how to balance the masculine feminine how to be in relationship you know there's all this stuff material around it and um I, as I mentioned when we started it has been the most worthy and impactful work I've done and I've done self-help I'd say one thing my mom did as well is she introduced me to personal development when I was in the seventies, like young, and I was going to self-help seminars. And so she was 
I'm always out there helping other people. Yeah. Somehow missing what was going on in the home. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'd feel that's funny. Cause sometimes I feel that way here too, Brit, like sometimes like, all right, I worked really hard on f- helping myself and then I'm going to help others. And like, but what about my Brit? Does Brit? <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She I've offered Reiki sessions for Brit. She's likes to sleep in on Saturdays. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's making a good, a good boundary self-help choice for herself. Yeah. Self-care. <laughs> well, you've taught that's her self-care. So I, true. Could, I can already hear that you've taught her self-care. And I don't know, thing. Brett, have I? <laughs> I think she's done her best. I am a little bit of a self-sabotager. So I know oh. I've, taught be, her, I've taught yeah. her that too. <laughs> she can't be blamed for that really. We call yeah. those patterns and they do get passed down. Yes. <laughs> So I, so how did I know? I knew what I wanted. I knew I didn't have what I wanted. And then I came back from Europe and it was right in front of me. And I thought, oh my God, how could I still be here? How could I still be so broken here? And so Mm -hmm. I was in a women's group. I had a coach. I was going through an intense certification and I, my coach was also a therapist. And I remember one day she said like, what are you so mad about? I'm like, I don't know. And then anyway, underneath it, what I realized it wasn't so much that she left me. It was that when she wasn't there, I wasn't safe in the home. Now, thankfully I I was never sexually assaulted. Um, but there was, uh, pornography and drugs and physical abuse, um, Mm -hmm. kicking, shoving, tripping, hanging over railings, you know, things that a a young girl shouldn't. Well, it's traumatic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and they were also, on the loose. So it's well, not yeah, like, they were kids <laughs> and they were boys, they were teenage boys. And I, you know, I don't blame them either. Um, they did the best they could with the boundaries that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have suffered their own consequences for, you know, we, we all do when we turn left when we should have made a right or whatever, but, you know, I don't think they did it out of, um, hatred for me. I think I was an easy target for their own, um, lack of getting their own needs met emotionally and otherwise. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Totally. So as soon as I realized what I was really mad at, I could start healing. But until that moment, I could try to pretend that I was mad that she just, you know, it was all about her just being gone. But that wasn't it. That wasn't it. So um so that was a breakthrough moment for me when I got a little clear, not a little, a lot clearer on what the pain actually, where the pain was coming from. Did you do a traditional type healing? When I say traditional, I mean, you said you had a therapist and a coach and all, but did you do any other healing that was non-traditional? question. Uh, I did. Um, So, you know, when the universe sort of knocks and it's like, hey, have you heard of? And then you're like, (laughs) no. And then like a day later, knock, knock, hey. And I was like, what? So this um, process called the Hoffman process, they have- I don't know that one. It's so juicy. Um, And I've been, I'm a- I have a master's in organizational psychology. My undergrad is in psych. I've done self-help for 40 years. I mean, I, this has been my, my world and this is the best piece of work I've ever done. Um, it's a eight day intensive where they work at family of origin issues. And Mm. so as I was starting to share in my women's group, what was, what was going on for me and sort of coming back and being, you know, needing to be re, in a way re-engaging with a parent that I mm-hmm. for five years could keep enough distance to feel safe and not like, you know, paper cut all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, this process was sort of 
you know, landed on my heart, multiple people in a week, like three or four, wasn't just one. I was like, oh, I guess I better look into this. So I pull up the website, hit purchase. And I went and I only told my husband and you're off the grid for eight days. Like your phone goes in a basket, no one can reach you. And I didn't want to tell anyone, um, particularly my parents that I was there because I just wanted my process to be my process Mm -hmm. and I wanted it to be really clean. And, well, your hurt um, is your hurt, really. I mean, they may have contributed to it, but really it's how you receive it and how you take it. And it's your issue. It's your issue. So it's something that you have to figure out how to deal with. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And so I would say it showed up when I was ready and maybe one part of my story, and this is the spiritual part of it. Yeah. Your listeners are, but um, <laughs> I would like at... to get spiritual. We like that. Stuff. <laughs> so it's probably four months before I I came across the Hoffman process. I was at a women's retreat mm-hmm. and with my daughter who at the time was like 11. And yeah. Um, oh, nice. I know it was amazing. A place called Esalen. Everyone oh, heard go. of it. I've heard. Uh, yep. In California, right? Right on yep. the coast. And I would love to go there. Yes. It's dreamy. Go together. Uh-huh. Um, oh, Brittany, so when you land your big job, you can take me. <laughs> <laughs> take mama to Esalen. Um, <laughs> So we, it was the closing ceremony and, and it was the first all women's retreat at this center. Normally it's very mixed. And Mm -hmm. so you're surrounded by the feminine you're surrounded by mothers, daughters, we're all daughters, whether we're a mother or not, but, you know, and, um, so I really do feel that God was preparing me to heal myself and be a conduit for healing of others. And so we're there in the morning on Sunday and the women are being invited up to share the impact the weekend had had on their lives. And, they were saying, you know, coming into this power, like I am going to rethink midwifery and have, you know, women have choices and like all these big, big work in the world around education and around hope and around healing. And so I was just listening to their stories and God, I believe put a question on my heart. I wonder what would keep them from doing that. And so I, in the moment, just that question fell and I started to pray and I was like, whatever it is, remove it for them, you know, and I'm not, I would say I'm spiritual. I'm not, I don't go to church every Sunday. I'm not a, you don't have a Bible on my nightstand, but I'm a spiritual person and I have a personal relationship. So anyway, then he says, great. Now that you've asked that question, I'm going to turn it around. And he said, what will keep you from Mm -hmm. doing your work in the world? And I fell to my knees. I could get a little choked up because it feels like yesterday. I literally fell to my knees because I knew exactly what it was. I, it was my relationship with my mother. Yeah. And she's alive, you know? Um, and so I could fix it. I could have something different. And I just fell Mm -hmm. to my knees and I, I was like, Oh God, there it is. There it is. And then he said four words, no heal, see love, which became the structure of the retreat and the impetus of my writing in this space. And it, um, I was like, I I don't know what that means. It was like a billboard of lights. And everyone's like, you're at Esalen. Were you on something? I'm like, I swear it wasn't. I wasn't (laughs) even drinking wine that weekend because I just wanted to have a clear head. (laughs) So this no heel sea love. And I'm sobbing on the ground. My girlfriend's with me, a friend, and she's just rubbing my back, like no biggie, you know, something's going on for her. You know, I'm right here. And um, I was like, I don't know what those words are. And then he said, you will heal the wounds between mothers and daughters. And I literally, I do remember waking up at that point, kind of like coming into the moment, the room, the smells, the sounds. I was like, oh, heck no. (laughs) You best give me world hunger. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not doing that one. I don't yeah. even know, like there's a thousand, no, maybe 200 other women in here. I think this was meant for them. Like, don't give it to me. 
um, because I know it would require me to do my own work. And in that very it moment, it always does. It always does. When we realize what we're supposed to be doing, it always requires our big, I think our biggest 100%. lesson that we have to learn. You and got it. Then we have to teach it to everyone else. So go ahead. Sorry. No. So that was, that was that morning. And so I took it back and I, I was shaken. I talked to my friend all the way home. I'm like, I don't even know what this means. And it was also one of the learning zones. Like, I don't need to go after anything. So I have a doing addiction. I did a TED talk on it last year where I named doing. I'm going to have to watch that because I have a doing <laughs> addiction as well. Right. Like <laughs> the one that like I make a list of stuff I already did just so I could check it off kind of a person. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh my God, what do I need to do? And I was like, oh, I don't think I need to do anything. I think I just need to sit with the possibility that healing is possible mm-hmm. and that I could at some point, not too far away, shift this relationship with my mother with mm-hmm. or without her making any changes. That was the other part of it that I needed a, gr- a greater voice to tell me was possible mm-hmm. because for my life, I thought, well, I can't, I can't change alone. She has to change too. And 70 at that time, 70 ish old women. I mean, really, I couldn't count on that. So, <laughs> no. um, so yeah, so I left and then the work started. I stayed in my circle, had my coach and I am, um, and then I went to the Hoffman process and I forgave her. Yeah. And I forgave my father as well. Um, what a big that, relief that must've felt like on uh, your shoulders. Just, Oh my God, I'm free. I got out of that eight days and um, I just couldn't believe how different I felt in my skin and my soul and my heart. Mm-hmm. I met my, you know, one of the activities they have you do is interview your parents as a 12 year old interviewing them as 12 year olds. Yeah. And I was like, this is, what am I going to, I mean, unless I interviewed them, how would I know? But I sat there and had this full realization of like, you know, like you said already, Brett, your mom did the best she could with what she had. And I truly believe that. Mm. I believe that both of them did. And, and they're still imperfect parents as I am. I mean, there's just no such thing. We're going to harm our children. It is inevitable. It's just a matter of how, you know, the moment I I came to terms with, with my parents and their parenting was when I realized they did the best that they could with what they had. Like, Mm. I literally now say that because it's like, if I were to interview my mother at 12 years old, oh my God, I can only imagine how difficult her life probably was. Mm -hmm. And um, she had me at 33. I say this all the time, but she had eight kids at 33. (laughs) Yeah. And some of them were like already like nine years old or something like way older than you. Right. More than that, though, Britt. I mean, I was the eighth kid, mm-hmm. you know, eight and she eight. had, she had yeah. lost one in between a sister and brother. So yeah, um, she was 16, 17, 16 when she got married and had her first at 17 and was wow. pregnant until she was 33. So crazy and right they didn't have podcasts and all these books and no. you know free therapy <laughs> if you need it and I mean it and, yeah. it and it was taboo to talk about your mother mm-hmm. so yeah of, it was taboo to talk that. it was taboo to talk about anything mm-hmm. uh, feelings uh, uh relationships abuse uh, I don't know anything you don't talk about it. anything yeah yeah so, so this led it. you this led you to um, your modern goddess retreats. So is that the outcropping of all of this work that you did? It is. It is. And it um, started as uh, uh, the primary uh, audience that I was 
channeling when I designed it was the adult daughter was, you know, the three of us really in yeah. a girl who's of adulting right, right. <laughs> as a daughter and, and possibly mothering as well. But, um, that, that adult daughter and, and really having them because we can like, amen, we get to talk about all this on a podcast. I mean, and no one is going to think any less of us. Right. So mm-hmm. it's only going to be helpful. And so I think there is this moment, this large door, I wouldn't even call it a window where if you want to do the work, you get to do the work. I mean, that's why I loved when I saw your post on looking for stories of healing. And I'm so grateful that I, that I can narrate my own, that I'm far enough along to have it, you know, to bring some wisdom and still in it. I mean, I, I just really feel like too, if you, and this was another epiphany over the last five years is like, I don't know that I'll be done. I don't know that I'll be able to just like, maybe I will, I shouldn't say I will. I'm not there yet. This relationship with my mother, full grace, acceptance, compassion, love, no, no withholding ever. Right. No anger, no resentment. That's right. Yeah. Just, it's cool. Like it's truly, that's where I, I, how I've, and this just happened this year. Like I I just came to terms with, you know what, everything's fine. I started a writing group and she named her book. We all kind of just pitched this morning, our titles of our books and hers was, um, it's all okay. And hers (laughs) was based on a story that came to her. She had a daughter and didn't know she was down syndrome until a few months into her, her after being born. Anyway, it's all okay. And I was like, it is all okay. It's all okay. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, for people listening, healing. Yes. Sometimes it just rarely, but it, I don't want to say it never just sort of finds you, grabs you and like makes you do it. That does happen, but probably it was there waiting and, you know, with more loving hands <laughs> for a long time. And you just were like pushing it away, but yeah. Well, awareness thing. is the first step to any, any right. kind of feeling and growing. So without that, when you start, really when you start to see those signs over and over again from the universe, like you talked about when you, you know, keep seeing the same message or you keep having the same relationship with the same type of person. And it's once you're aware and you're like, holy crap, I keep getting stuck in this or I keep seeing that. Um, and I think that's the biggest first step. And then you have to figure out what to do about it. And there comes yeah. my doing, <laughs> you know, I'm always like, now what do I do? No, what do now, I do? exactly. Well, now what, what do, do I, I do? do? And, and I think I have to remind myself as a doing addict, like, okay, I, what I eventually, yes, but I want to take the most authentic action possible versus just fixing it to get out of pain, which I yeah, do action like, and then sit with it for a bit. That's right. A little yeah. bit of inaction that pause to choose. Yeah. What's my next option? And right. what am I, what is this really about? And are my intentions clear? And right. am I equipped? And do I have enough support around me to do that? And yeah. yeah, being with the process. And so I get it. Like if you, you want healing and you're just not ready to travel the journey, don't beat yourself up when you're mm-hmm. ready, you'll be ready. But, and know that likely it's um, going to be really hard, but, <laughs> oh, you're going to feel so much better. What Britt just said, like, just like, <gasps> I see you. I love you anyway. And it also helped me set new boundaries where I could give and receive love with less condition and less, um, in a way kind of like, cause I have to, you know, more freely. Yeah. Yeah. Conditions on relationships is the worst. It is a, especially if it's a parent yourself up for what do they call that? 
a disruption in expectations. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. We all have disruptions and expectations. Pain, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So we're going to take yeah. a real quick break, but Renee, when we come back, can we talk about your retreats and what, and what you do on your retreats? And maybe if someone wants to sign up for your next retreat, um, this should air in time if they happen to be interested all right, in I your November that. retreat. So we'll be right back in just two seconds. And we're back. Thank you so much for coming back, everybody. We're here with Renee and she's been talking about her journey through healing with her relationship, um, specifically with her mom. Um, and she creates and hosts retreats now, I'm assuming for all daughters. Mothers and daughters, yeah. <laughs> Mothers and daughters. And I keep looking at my notes like I'm going to forget it, but I don't want to get it wrong. It's a <laughs> modern goddess retreats. How did you get to that point where you decided you want to do retreats? Yeah. It's a great, so, it's a great way to offer a lot of healing and I love it, but how did yeah. you get to that point? Um, so another life event in the same time, I was leaving my corporate life and which mm. was huge. I, I, um, I don't know if you, I don't think you found me through my book, but the art and truth of transformation for women. And the story was leaving my corporate life, identity, mm -hmm. accolades, all mm -hmm. of it, and going out on my own and working instead of 60, 70 hours, you know, working 20 hours. Mm -hmm. So, um, and a lot of good, good learnings and life changes with that. And it gave me space to do this bigger healing work, which mm -hmm. at the time I didn't realize was part of the bigger plan, but now I can see that quite clearly. I just didn't have the capacity when I was working like that with two young kids, you know, husband and a social life and travel and all that just to do this big work. I just didn't have it in me. Mm -hmm. So timing mattered. Um, and so I was creating, I was already kind of in that creation mode. I was creating new offerings. I do um, executive and team development and, and business consulting. Um, I've been coaching since 2003 and I was running large like or capability organizations, mostly in high tech and majority in biotech. So I took that work out into the world and I wanted to work in different settings with different audiences and companies. And so I was in this creative space and I was creating kind of new programs. And so I just said, I'm gonna create an experience that um, does two things. One brings awareness to this topic. Mm -hmm. And because I'm such a girl's girl as well, and you know, from sorority to friendships, I had three brothers, no sisters. So I sought female and, and feminine relationship. Mm -hmm. um, I was like retreating like crazy. So in that year, I think my husband got, how's Renee doing and how's her business? And she's great. She's her like fifth retreat, you know? <laughs> so I was just, I knew the power of retreating. Mm -hmm. stepping away and being in community in a, in a setting, usually somewhere lovely, close to nature with good food and other women who are up for big work in the world too. And so I knew the power of that. And I mm -hmm. knew that I could host a group experience and be skillful at that. So that's the logic. That's my left brain. My yeah. right brain said, you better do something that keeps you in your work and seeing a therapist for your life ain't probably it. Um, and you can't do, you know, the Hoffman process. 30 times. Um, <laughs> so how else could I stay in my work and continue my own journey and be authentic in that journey and offer um, others to step on their own? And so those were my truest intentions. It was never to make money. It was never going to be one of those products. Um, 
Elizabeth and I were chatting before. I don't know that you really make money doing retreats. So no, that wasn't it. <laughs> well, you want to have the best experience for the people coming. You know, you put all of your stuff aside and you just want to make sure that their experience is worth it. And you, like mm-hmm. you said, you don't, you want people to be able to access it as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I um, created this experience and I used the no K-N-O-W heal C-S-E-E love as my structure. So Friday night, we start with no. Do I know why I'm here? Do I know? Oh my God, I love that. Yeah, sorry, I just got excited. I'm all about that. Go ahead. Ah, Right, like you what you just said. If I'm not aware of why I'm in pain or why. And so I also was constantly like working in my own journey and my own Mm -hmm. steps in a way. Yeah. So yeah, so that's no. And we talk about beliefs. What does it mean? What do we believe about being a good mother versus a good daughter? Um, And then in the morning we come no heal. We do the healing work um, where we, I share my story and I give them a tool to sort of like, where are they in their own relationship? And if they stay on the road they're on, where will they end up? What road do they want to be on? And what's the underbelly of both of those roads? And what would be required in them and around them to do that work? And um, so that's, that's a big piece of that. And then also, um, as we go into no heal C S E E, by the way, there's dancing and yoga and a bunch of other stuff in there (laughs) and good food and is, um, is to see like, do I see what else is possible? Do I see what I'm capable of? And that we talk about patterns and the legacy of mother daughter relationships and how those get transcended over time and Mm -hmm. how they live in us. And you see, we used the word earlier around trauma, how that gets locked up in us generational Mm -hmm. trauma and this whole idea of the possibility of healing the mother wound um bethany webster has coined that term and has a beautiful piece of work around that if your um, listeners are interested so and then love um so that takes us through saturday and then that night we do dream boards um and then on sunday we go into love and i introduce this is so cool it's literally just like heal uh, you know, the, yes, yeah. yes yeah. it is. That's why when I'm thought, <laughs> I'm, like, I think I reached so out. I'm cool. like, I don't even know how to be so obvious. Cause it's like, feels like such a fit to be in conversation, but yeah, that's so <laughs> so funny. love is Sunday. And we do, um, we do love languages that I, that concept, Gary Chapman's work. Um, so you find out like what your mom's love language was, what your daughter is, what yours is. Um, and then we actually do a session. I bet you many um, times it's all three different languages. Oh, really? Yeah, I bet you. I mean, I would think my mother's love language would be completely different than mine. And I feel like Britney's would be. Completely oh, yes. Yes. Than that mine. part. Yeah. 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 You yeah. each other. I mean, my yes. husband and I, his top yes. two are my bottom two. I'm just like, yeah. oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're constantly speaking different languages to each other. Of course, you're never going to meet anywhere. Well, in they're the like, world. what do you mean? I don't love you. I did this. I'm like, I don't feel love when you do that. I don't understand why. <laughs> Yeah, I can totally see like Brittany, uh, not again to bring us into this whole story, (laughs) I can definitely see where my, you know, ways that I showed love for Brit could, could maybe be felt as overbearing or overprotective or like, leave me alone. (laughs) But it's like, sorry. My 15 year old. Brit daughter calls me smother sometimes. Oh. <laughs> she goes, hi, smother, with love, not so rude, but I'm like, it's right. still not a nice word, but okay, I do smother <laughs> you sometimes, I get it. Yeah. So, um, and then love, and we write love letters to each other. Um, I have the adult women write love letters to their mother, whether she's alive or not, and she doesn't mm-hmm. have to give them to her, but this idea of that love is possible. Um, and then we close, there's a labyrinth on the property usually. Where oh, we I love that, walking, yeah, meditation. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. I just, it's the best. It's like that full integration. And then, um, we end with like a circle, you know, what I'll remember about you and just, just sort of, and then an extension and a blessing to all the women's lives that we're in and that we want to touch and impact and be healthy for and with. Um, and what I didn't mention is we have three age groups. So we have adults and then we have 13 through 17 year old teens. And then we have the maidens, which are nine to 12. Wow. And they are having for four of the sessions, a parallel experience with their own facilitator. Cool. So like the young girls on Friday night talk, they draw themselves on giant, you know, butcher paper and mm-hmm. they like, who am I? What do I stand for? What makes me happy? And then it ends up with this art piece that we share with the mothers in the morning on Saturday or the oh young my God. girls, the young girls talk about like masks. Who am I with my mother in order to get love or receive love? What do yeah. I withhold from her and why? And how does that, you know, feel in my body when I do that and what other masks do I wear to hide who I am oh I'm looking at Brit it's like yeah it's good work I'm like she's all yes I love it it sounds I mean it is it's yummy work I always whenever I'm there I'm like I can't believe I get to do this like okay I'm glad you didn't give me world hunger big guy you know I know right (laughs) it's not nearly as exciting yeah Yeah. So now that's the, that's the main experience we offer it a couple times a year, mostly in Sonoma, California in the wine country. And then um, we're launching for the first time ever a a five day um, for women in Costa Rica in June of 2022. And that is incredible called conscious mothering and daughtering. And if you need a Reiki master teacher, (laughs) oh girl, don't be offering stuff. You can't, I'm will serious. I'm I'm so serious. And I also am a mindfulness meditation teacher. Um, I do crystal bowl healing. We are going to pick up the phone after this. (laughs) That is a done deal. That is a done deal. I also had have taken the whole year off of teaching so I can focus on this a little bit more. Fully available. Oh, you're so available. Oh, yay. (laughs) All of my teacher friends went back to work today and I'm like, well, still in, still in my pajamas. <laughs> what? It's the best, right? I know. I'm like, I did throw on a little nicer top. No, it's not the best. <laughs> I totally, do you remember, remember I said I was a, a, a doer as well? Mm-hmm. This is hard. This is a hard transition for me. So really? just want oh, you well, all to know. Connect mm-hmm. on that too. Cause I'm five years out and I just realized with the last year and a half, all of us have had that I want even more space than I, you know, it wasn't so simple just to go from 60 to 20 hours. It was like, mm-hmm. oh no, this energetically, what does my day, what, what do I want my day to be? Anyway, yeah, is your another, book another about talk. that? Is your book about that? Because I need to buy it. Um, yeah. You mentioned, well, my, yeah. Listen to the Ted talk. It's called authentic inaction, undoing the doing in a do crazy world. And, um, that's one book skeleton. I have another is around deep tissue leadership, really transforming. I think I'll, I'll start with the TED talk because yeah, that's, that's where talk. I'm at my head right now is like, um, I can't, I don't have to wake up at four 30. I don't have to, I mean, I planned this, this was my doing my choice. And I just had summer, but like today is the day that everyone goes back to work and I'm not, and I'm just like, Oh, but I'm really focused on my business because I have a business, you know, I, I've worked so many different, you know what someone called that it's not someone, a woman, um, an author that I've met at retreats and worked with, and it's, she called it the fertile void, fertile <laughs> void, meaning that it's not a black hole. 
Right. It's fertile. It's like so much is in that void that like what you said, like, I'm not going back to work. What? (laughs) I've (laughs) been such an action oriented person, like get things done, do it. Um, if I have an idea, I create it and then I teach it. Like I, I just am not, and I'm still a creative like that. And I have been creating things, but I'm there's, I don't know, man, I'm in a really weird spot. Mm. <laughs> I well, only, we met, I can... for, we met for a reason. I can resonate a lot with that. Yeah. So yeah, totally. I used to think something was wrong with me. Now I have a new way to think about it. So. Mm-hmm. so yeah, I sat on the couch all day today and I was like, I need to do something. No, you don't always. Yeah, no. but I don't always right? need to do nothing. Do I though? No, like, Brit's you generation know. is more, they even have more choices. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm going to name. I think we, we also value rest a lot more. Than, and play. Yes, exactly. Like I know so many people who are like, why does it have to be this way? Why do we have to work 40 hours? I spend 10 hours of my week just kind of screwing around at work. Like, couldn't I just work 30 and be focused for that? 30? Oh my God, stay on that. I you don't know? get it either. I don't, I don't get who made up a 40 hour work week. Yeah. Crazy. Some crazy anyway, person. I'm real crazy. <laughs> so yeah, so that is the work and where it is today is I have a couple hundred people who've come through. I have a beautiful staff that I get to work and play with. Um, one, a friend for 40 years, another, a newer friend, but you know, just this work came to her for her own good. You know, all of us have daughters. Some of us have had really rough things happen. And mm-hmm. so the, the participants are a mix of, um, um, a, a lot, probably 70% daughter, mothers with younger daughters. Um, and then once in a while, we'll get just a woman on her own who's just coming to do her own work. And then we yeah. have usually three or four mothers and daughters of adult age. And that is the most beautiful thing to witness is to watch the love of two adult women who have hurt each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that well, sounds it. fabulous, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? So when is it? <laughs> yeah. And where is it? You know, Sonoma wine country, not a bad spot. It's a beautiful uh-huh. retreat center. Yeah, no Tons of feminine energy. It's been in the family, their family to Westerbacks for a long time. It's run by women. It's really lovely. And you have another one coming up in November. Is that? I do. It's, we're almost about to move to wait list. So that's November 19th to the 21st. Wait list, Britt, we'll have I to wait. Know. We'll have to wait. But yeah, another maybe. one's in March. I have another one in March. I was going to say, Brittany, listen, I don't yeah. know if we're doing our trip in February. Maybe we'll do something like this. Yeah. It's Come and spend really a week in the wine country. Yeah, How fabulous would that be? Yeah. I've never been to California before, so. Oh, I will I will help you with an itinerary as someone who's <laughs> lived all over it. Yeah. Awesome. I, yeah. Maybe that's that, what we do. Brittany's going to be 30. Yeah, be 30. Oh, that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Right? I got a tattoo I, at 30. Don't do that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I wanted one when I was like 21. I was like, no, I'm going to wait till I'm 30. And then I, I got it. And it's, it's, it's a sunshine. It reminds me every day is a new day. So it there you go. That's good. Brittany yeah. already has a tattoo. We got mother daughter tattoos a while ago. Oh, <laughs> what are they? Yeah, I'll show you mine. Mine's a, it's a candy heart and it says uh, love you more on it. And she actually drew the heart and wrote the love you more. So it's in her handwriting. Uh, yeah. And mine is my arrow. And then that's my handwriting there that says love. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to see. And those are birds. Yeah. Yeah, The birds I got separate. The birds Mm -hmm. are representative of my, me and my siblings, all of us. (laughs) (laughs) 
all ate it. What a beautiful story. That's so fun. My daughter's like, when can I get one? Yeah. And you're like, like never. I don't know, not yet. <laughs> never. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying no, just not yet. Yeah. I, I, it's funny to me that um, Brittany hasn't gotten so many more at this point. Like, it's yeah. just funny to me because she's always wanted one. And I just yeah. figured she would get them and she hasn't. They're just expensive. That's the only thing stopping me. Yeah. <laughs> They're in their artwork. So I, I get it. Yeah. Rent or I could, you know, go for a really cool tattoo. And I guess rent is more important in the here. I suppose. I suppose. How responsible she is. Uh, oh, I, I love having a conversation I, with a mother daughter. I just <laughs> couldn't love it more. Look at that. I mean, if you, you, I know listeners, you can only hear us, but they're shining faces. They have a similar <laughs> smile and energy. There's just so much love, like jumping out of their eyes. It's Aww. awesome. I'm gonna cry you, again. Yeah, that's sweet I'm also perimenopausal, everybody. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> something oh. like that. There's always, yeah. I'm something. Yeah. That's for well, sure. and you're just thank you for just being with this relationship in in such an authentic <laughs> and real way because this is like I I don't for me the most important and as I think about my daughter because it's it influences every relationship she'll ever have. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's broken. I mean, and I even think with my husband, I you know I had to. Thankfully, I married someone who had really great role models, mm-hmm. didn't have some of the trauma and, and things that I had in my life. And so I, I you know, he was more grounded. Um, and so we've learned together. But anyway, nonetheless, yeah. it's uh, not, a, it's not, a, it's not, you know, granted that you learn how to do this well. And no, 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 I feel so bad for parents, you know, these days. It's funny how my whole, I don't know if it's since I had had Brit. I mean, it's been 29 years, but, mm-hmm. you know, like just knowing like any decision you make could just be the wrong one. You just don't know. Like, we just don't know. You just don't know. So you, you just, just do the best that you can. Or yeah. say, I'm sorry. Or like later. Mm, yeah. Okay. I said that, but actually I changed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Is it too late? Can you not do or say that please? <laughs> yeah. I just have to say it's the best job I've ever had, but definitely by far the hardest. Mm-hmm. Well, and you, so we were talking about my bridge to go full circle with my mom. So my, my mom lives two miles away and she's in my life, but she has this really sweet, beautiful relationship with my daughter. Oh, that's so nice. And I would not, and I say this for anyone listening, I would not have trusted my mother with my daughter. At least that would have been my story around it Yeah. or um, been so in awe and like happy about it. Had I not mm-hmm. done this work, I would have well right. withheld. I know to some degree, my daughter from my mother, Yeah. if I hadn't I, forgiven her and that would have only hurt my daughter. I mean, yeah. who has this beautiful grandma that adores her, that she loves being with. They laugh. My mom can be easier with her than me. I mean, you know, right. she can give her the licorice and the cupcakes and, um, <laughs> cook for her and wait on her and rub her feet all the things that like oh wow Brit kind of don't listen to get. her <laughs> yeah and you know they're only together maybe a couple times a month but I mean it's, yeah. it's precious and yeah. um so anyway really that is a huge thing that I will never take for granted is that my healing allowed allowed them to have a very yeah, that's, clean that's huge yeah relationship because she yeah. won't have to know the pain that you knew so no, no. And, and that's what we try so to my do my mom is trying to my respect. story Yes. You had asked earlier, my mom did come to the first one to support me. I tell my story on Saturday morning and she was devastated, embarrassed, shameful. Yeah. Um, A couple of retreats later, she came again and she, again, Saturday morning, braced herself, heard my story. And she showed up to that one, not to participate. Um, In the first one, she was there as a participant. So she wrote her love letter. She read me the love letter she wrote to my grandma. So it was beautiful. I was like, 
this is why I did this. Like I just found out so many things about her and my grandma. It's part of your healing to understand Mm -hmm. what your mother had gone through that she may not have shared. And stories of my grandmother, I didn't know of trauma Mm -hmm. and and things. And so flash forward, she comes again and here's my story on Saturday morning and she's sobbing. And she says, um, I'm, and she had never, I'm, you know, at this point she can't change anything, but she said, I just want you to know how sorry I am. And she said, I didn't know, but I should have. And it was one of those other Brit. I was like, oh, I, I believe you. I believe you. I believe you didn't know. I believe you. I never thought like, she knows this is going on. How could she Right? I really, so I could just be mad at her for not knowing that she, and she should have. And that's what I needed to hear. And I don't, maybe it's weak, weak of me or small of me that I needed. And I'm sorry. That was that crystallized that sort of laser focus, but I did. Mm-hmm. And I just needed her to, didn't have to agree or even believe me. I just needed her to hear my story and hold my truth and have her own truth. And so anyway, that then created a bunch of other stuff and she hasn't come to a retreat since I think it is very hard for her. Maybe, but she may but, have gotten what she needed out of that one. I've being never able to tell. That. Yeah. Maybe that is why she showed up. Yes. To support yeah. me, but she needed something and she got it and she said yeah. it. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. It's been so nice to hear your story and to hear what you're doing to help others. I mean, I do feel like the mother child relationship is just so strong. And when you have a broken one and you don't actually know <laughs> that you do, and you realize as an adult, you know, you're like, Oh, sometimes you can't go back. So it's nice to hear that you do work with, with women Mm -hmm. um, around their mother wounds. And I just know that that would have been super beneficial for me growing up for sure. Yeah. It's nice nice that you're working with daughters who are so young as well, Mm because I really feel like that, that age between like 10 and 15 is sometimes really hard for daughters yeah. and mothers to kind of like make it through unscathed but you know with the work mm-hmm. being done early then I think it's going to make that kind of awkward high school transition a lot easier no mm-hmm. kidding thank you for that Britt my yeah. daughter just started high school and she's thriving just good friends so easy and good just a loving you know in the type of new friends she's met and brought home you know are like quality people and I again I attribute that both to, to what she's witnessed, but just having to, you know, a strong grandmother and a strong mother who will adore her and love her and mm-hmm. breed her to be who she is in the world. And so I, I don't know that I would, I wouldn't have done all that. She wouldn't have gotten um, yeah. all that if I hadn't done my own work. So. Well, I know that you, you came to the work, excuse me, you came to the work when you were supposed to, mm-hmm. and now you're helping people when they're supposed to get the help. So it's just so wonderful. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And I just want to remind, yeah, I want to remind everybody that your website is moderngoddesses.net. They can learn more about your retreats there and the work that you do. Um, And your TED talk is called, you're going to have to help me finish the title because I wrote down authentic inaction. And what's the rest? I love it. I know. So (laughs) non-intuitive. Inaction, one word, authentic inaction. One word, undoing the doing in a do crazy world. Undoing the doing in a do crazy world. Yeah. (laughs) Quite a task. It's exactly what I need to listen to when I hang up with everyone. That's what I'll be doing. (laughs) 
from one doer to another. I have you, I have you girl. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. It's, it's very timely, which I feel like we just, which I, I just said, you got your, you know, healing and your message when you were supposed to, and you're helping people when they're supposed to receive it. Um, I just got my one more thing to do. Um, my list authentically of things though, to do. the difference between authentic and inauthentic action <laughs> and then my instagram um yes. not funny enough but coincidentally last week and this week is all dedicated to the mother-daughter relationship it's yeah. um renee m um denine because my just my first and last was missing so out of my middle initial and um i also post just self-help um leadership life well-being that kind of stuff Perfect. Thank you. And we have three questions, three last questions to ask you before we okay. go. Okay. All right, Britt, I'm going to ask the first one. If you want to chime in for the second one, you can. Okay. I know. I know that's, I'm yeah, so bad at remembering these questions. Well, I'm going to ask the first one and that's when I go like this. <laughs> so you know what I'm talking about. Okay. All right, Renee, um, when you're at your most peaceful, what are you doing? Sleeping, no, that's of course. That's um, exactly I'm, what I always say. I laugh and I'm like oh sleeping gosh, <laughs> because I'm a doer. <laughs> I haven't asleep. I'm like, when did I ever say I'll sleep when I'm dead? That was the dumbest thing I ever said. Um, my <laughs> most peaceful when I'm traveling with my family, but specifically like at a beach, my feet are in the sand. I mm. dig them down just to feel the coldness and the, yeah. I feel the ocean. Like, oh, yeah, that's, that's my happy place. Oh, yeah, me. most people, most people say the ocean, which I love. Yeah, you get a lot of great healing. energy from the ocean. It's healing. It's, mm-hmm. it's wash away all your stuff, your worries, yeah. grounding, all of that mm-hmm. great stuff. Hey, Britt, do you remember the second question? Yeah, I think I do. Um, do you need do you me have- to give you a visual clue? <laughs> do you have a favorite uh, self-help book? Or if it's not a self-help book, can you tell us what your favorite book you've ever read was? Oh, gosh. Um... I have so, I mean, I don't know. Oh, you can't because this is my thing. <laughs> I have like a thousand books behind me. Let me just. Um, That's okay. Take your time. Uh, let me give you one that shaped who I am as a leader. Um, Perfect. Servant leadership, mm-hmm. that whole philosophy. Um, my favorite, like, good book I read, two of them The Red Tent. Um, oh, what's that? Women in Community. It's like historical fiction. Mm-hmm. And then um, Educated. Oh yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, the memoir. Yep, she's amazing. Um, and then I, I also teach the Enneagram, and I, my Bible book is Deep Living, which is Enneagram based. Cool. Thank yeah, you. There's a few. That's great. We got a whole bunch for it. Um, <laughs> and now, if money isn't an object or wasn't an object at all, what would you be doing? Well, I would would be traveling the world. I've done like 80 countries. It's like my kids and I, as a family, we've done 50 and it just is the best way that I know to be human and to shift perspective. And so Mm -hmm. I would just travel, but um, I would write and I would do women's work for free. Mm -hmm. Um, I would just be in community and be an intimate conversation. Honestly, that's yeah. Yeah. Find ways to be of service. Yeah. It sounds like a good life. Sounds like you're doing that right now. I probably should play the lottery or something, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) I know you you don't win if you don't play, but I never win. So I'm like, oh, why did I do that? Giving money to something. I don't know. (laughs) 
Well, once again, thank you, Renee. I will also post your website and your Instagram on our notes for the um, podcast. So if you missed that, don't worry, it'll be in there for you to read. Thank you. Uh, thank you so, so much for coming on and spending this afternoon with us. I hope that you are safe and stay safe where you are yeah. um, in California. We'll, we'll be hoping and praying for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Britt, do you have anything That's else you want to say? Yeah, yeah just thank more you. thank yous. Thank you, Renee. It was a really awesome conversation and um, the work you do is really cool. So I'm hoping we get to experience it firsthand someday. Hey, Britt, check it out. March. That. March. <laughs> love that. Yeah, March. Seed planted, big old big seed. I don't know what a kind of seed, seed. it is. But it's seed. <laughs> I, yeah, I know what kind of seed. It's a wine grape seed. <laughs> yeah, perfect. We planted a vine. <laughs> that. All right, we're gonna get going. I just want to say thanks again and mm-hmm. have a great night. Bye. And here I am. I am back. Just came back to say one more time. Thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited that you enjoy this podcast and keep coming back for more. We can't wait to see you next time. But until then, may you be happy, healthy, safe, and live a life that's filled with ease. Thank you. Bye.